everyone and um, welcome to the Sport and History podcast. It's Katie here. Um, today's podcast is another one that's got a focus on issues relating to postgraduate and early career research members. So rather than actually highlighting individuals work, we're actually going to focus on an outlet for some of the fabulous research that our members are doing. So the British Society of Sports History recently announced a partnership with Playing Pasts, an online magazine for sport and leisure history. And what we hope is that's going to provide an outlet for all of our members research but we hope that especially we can promote the work of our postgraduate and early career researcher members. So it's my absolute pleasure today to be talking with Margaret Roberts, who is Playing Past Editor-in-Chief. Uh, thanks ever so much for joining us, Margaret. Hi, thank you for having me, Katie. Um, so the obvious place to start, really, is just telling us a little bit about how Playing Past came into existence, what the rationale for creating it was. Yeah, sure. So basically it all started in 2015 when a group of international and UK-based academics and enthusiasts who were attending a sport and history leisure seminar held an impromptu meeting mainly to discuss ways in which all this research that was going on um, and was being undertaken could be more widely disseminated especially to those outside of academia. And the meeting really rejected immediately any thoughts of trying to replicate the academic peer review journal system and instead explored ways in which an online magazine might best serve these aims. So after much discussion and to and froing, it was decided that the best way forward was to establish a completely unique online publication that would enable all sport and leisure history constituencies to publicise their work with the help and guidance of the magazine's editor. And so Playing Pass was born. Its first issue emerged in June 2016, and since then the magazine has grown year by year. But we've always pursued the philosophy of facilitating researchers of all levels, interests and backgrounds to produce their work in an accessible format that's completely open access and free of charge for both authors and readers alike. Um, so obviously you said that it incorporates an awful lot of subjects so what kind of scope of subjects are there what kind of reach does playing pasts have in terms of readership yeah so in terms of reach first so at the moment the site averages around thirty thousand reads a month from a right across the globe america at the moment is the country that happens to read playing past the most with uk a close second and I suppose for me, one of the nicest or most satisfying things as editor is that from the metrics, I can see that readers aren't just looking at a single paper. They staying on the website, looking around and reading more than one article a visit, which is is quite nice. You know, people are just reading it, um, for, for looking for what's there. As for subject matter, well, anything and everything that sport and leisure history researchers have an interest in. If you're researching it, then it's worth sharing your research. I've published articles on subjects ranging from football playing elephants and pantomime and circus to elite sport at all levels and everything in between. And I'm especially pleased with the way in which international contributors are now engaging with the site, as well as a significant number of articles that I've been able to publish on women's participation. So it might be worth mentioning here 
if I can, that uh, for Women's History Month, I've been emphasising the amazing research into women's sport that's been publicised on Playing Path over the years. And so I've been doing a daily tweet throughout the month, or I will be, highlighting an article a day with a UR link to that article. So if you haven't already seen it, then pop along to my Twitter feed, which is at playing underscore path, and have a look there as well. Uh, I mean, football playing elephants. I mean, that sounds yeah. genuinely amazing. Yeah. And that actually is um, a BSH postgrad as well. Fab. Um, <laughs> So basically, whatever you're interested in is, you know, if it fits in that kind of leisure and sport history element, Absolutely. it's, yeah. you know, it, yeah. and it's, it's no wonder people are, yeah, no wonder people are reading all sorts of articles when there's that, that <laughs> kind of um, breadth of topics and, um, you know, things that people just wouldn't have known anything about. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Fantastic yeah. that there's that kind of scope. Um, so obviously part of obviously my remit is to um, to promote postgraduate and early career researchers and their work. So how do you think the collaboration with BSSH is actually going to help those particular members? Yeah, uh, for me, Plain Pass gives postgrads and ECRs a space beyond the echo chamber of the thesis, if you like. So students will know all too well that much of their research will end up on the cutting room floor. So, sorry, that is a bit of a spoiler alert for people that are just starting out on the research on the PhD journey. So, as the work is crafted into your final 80,000 words or so, many of what I call your sacred cows are reluctantly discarded. And the same here, of course, is true for those writing academic papers, chapters for books, or even books themselves. There are things that you desperately want to include, but in the end, you just have to let it go. So knowing that people grudgingly have to let go of these sacred cows, when perhaps they'd much rather find a nice little field for them to graze in, then maybe playing past is that pasture for them to, to, to publish that bit of research. Uh, playing past, I think, is also a good place for postgrads and ECRs, or anyone else for that matter, to publish an article early on in their research in order to establish a niche or position themselves in that particular field and just establish yourself. And the collaboration with the BSSH means that there's now a dedicated area on the Plain Pass website. Um, and I'm slowly populating that with the articles that have previously been published on the site by BSSH members. And the, the link, I think, will be eventually posted on the BSSH websites for people to go directly to the, the little area for the BSSH members, as well as each article having its own unique URL as well. So if you're citing it, you can actually use that. Yeah, there's, a, there's a couple of things to pick up on there that I think are really important. And like you say, people going into doing their PhD research aren't necessarily aware that how much will actually end up being cut. Um, I know that when I um, I kept the documents all the way through my um, working on my PhD and it was just called stuff taken out of the PhD and I think it ended up probably almost as long as the thesis itself um, and some things went back in at some point so they got rephrased or whatever but you know there's a huge amount that that doesn't make it and like you say being able to um, discuss that little bit of that research that you love, you know, you've lovingly found and is really important, but doesn't actually make it 
for whatever exactly. reason. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, playing parts would be a perfect space for that. Mm -hmm. And also what you were saying about establishing your kind of your area of expertise and your niche. Um, <clears throat> it does happen that, you know, you might present your research fairly early on and you might end up in inspiring another academic to look down a similar path that you are looking at. Um, so having some, kind of some of your research out there showing that you were perhaps the first to be talking about this sort of thing can be can be really important. It is rare, you know, I don't want to make anyone think that this sort of thing happens all the time, but it does happen where, um, you know, especially if you're looking at something particularly groundbreaking or, or new that someone else might kind of go away and hear some wonderful conference paper that you've given and think, huh, I'll go and <laughs> have a little look at that. <laughs> and then kind yeah, of, exactly. yeah, it's, it's really upsetting. I think if that, if that happens to you. So yeah, um, it's like you say, it, it does happen, but like very rarely. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it is nice as well just to get something out there. Yeah. Um, get something published. It's always nice for the ego as well, isn't it? To, to exactly. Something that you've published. And uh, it will also help with kind of early networking, I suppose, because yes, one, of the, yeah. one of the best things that I did, um, you know, I, I started presenting my research just a few months into starting my PhD. I went to NASH, uh, the North American um, Sports History Conference. Um, and because of connections that I made there, that led to, a you know, my very first journal article being, um, yeah, being asked to work on a, on a journal article with someone. Um, so getting your name out there as someone who's looking at a certain field um, will Absolutely. help with those kinds of links as well. Yeah, yeah, because if people put in, in a search in Google, then it will come up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, they, they will be able to contact you. So, it, yes, it's really a good idea to, to try and do that if you can, just to, like, like I say, just bottom rung of the ladder, if you like, on the, on the, the way yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously there are there are differences between playing pass and, and an academic journal. So there are lots of benefits, I suppose, to playing pass over an academic journal. You just kind of highlight the kind of differences to those who might not might not be aware or might not have gone through any kind of publishing process before. Yeah. So the main difference, I suppose, is that playing pass is an online only publication. Um, but further to that, the other differences, though, the main differences relate to style and format. So authors needn't write in an academic language. There's no set language. There's no set citation reference system. And the word length is significantly shorter. Um, I also encourage the use of illustrations, um, which if you're reading something online, it's quite nice to have a picture to look at as well. And I work closely with my authors to make sure that they're happy and I'm happy with the final copy. And going back to your earlier point, many authors have found that they've been able to extend the network through the responses and comments that Plain Pass allows to be posted underneath each article. Again, slightly different to publishing in an academic journal. Um, although I would say that all comments posted are mediated by myself first. People can't just randomly, yeah. well, they can, but I wouldn't let them through. So you, you're not going to get anything, you know. So, um, so again, that, that's something that doesn't happen in a journal as such, because it's online, so that it's much easier for that to, to happen. Yeah, um, and presumably the process is um, somewhat quicker than a, an academic journal as well. Yeah, yes it is, yeah, significantly quicker. 
yeah depending on how busy i am obviously yeah. with, with sometimes it's quicker than others but yeah and sometimes people will will um contact me um especially people that have published before and say I'm, i am writing something it's not quite ready can i book a slot yeah and and people will do that so i publish on um a, a new article on a monday and a thursday each week um and uh, people are quite ha I'm quite happy for people to say I will have something in June um, or July or whenever. And so can I book a slot for that? And, and that happens quite often as well with people. So they, they have a, uh, something to work to as well, a date to work to. Yeah. So quite often people ju will just send me the article and I, I fit it in with, with when I've got the next free slot or sometimes... Um, when they want it published they might say i've done this but i don't want it published till much later in the year for one reason or another and i can facilitate that as well yeah so that's that's much that's much more um useful sometimes than academic journals where it could take take absolutely forever and there isn't that leeway to kind of discuss when you'd like it to kind of come out mm -hmm. either um because yeah, like you say there could yeah. be all sorts of reasons maybe it fits maybe they've written something and it you know if it's say about the olympics and you don't want it to come out until closer to um the olympics or something like that um which you have no control over at all with a no, no, <laughs> academic no. journal it, it fits in with um uh conferences as well some people might know well will know that they're they're talking at a conference and they don't want this paper to come out until that's happened or yeah. alongside that um or a couple of a couple of authors um who have been speaking on the radio and they'll say, can can this go out at this time? Yeah. Um, and and if I can, I will facilitate that. You know, quite happy to do that. Excellent. Um, so in terms of actually, I mean, what kind of are the typical lengths and requirements for articles? I know you said that you don't need. There's no particular citation style, which will be a great relief to a great many people <laughs> listening to this. Um, but in terms of kind of lengths, what what sorts of things do people typically write? Well. Typically, I, we, when I started out with this, I was looking for something, I was thinking about a thousand words, give or take, but over the time I've become less precious about that, if you like. Um, so if someone, an author needs to make a point, establish a point or make an argument, then they're happy to be flexible on that. Um, occasionally I will publish a much longer read for a special reason. So as you were saying before, the Olympics or an anniversary of an event or something along those lines, I will publish something that's maybe three, three and a half thousand words. Um, but a number of authors find that they prefer to write an article as a series to relate a story or develop a theme. So quite often I'll have um, a, a series of papers, three, three or four articles that I'll publish on consecutive Mondays or Thursdays or whatever. Um, and that that's quite a nice way for people to to publish as well, rather than try and keep it to a thousand fifteen hundred words. You might have a lot more to say, and and a series is always quite nice for people to read as well, and you sort of look forward to the next one on yeah. the following Monday. You know, it's like, like TV, you're all desperately waiting to see what happens. Yeah, try try and leave people on a bit yeah. of a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, illustration wise, I always. Um, ask that either the, the illustrators are copyright free or they have a source citation that I can publish 
alongside them or the permission of the owner for the image to be used on the website. And the other requirement is that all contributors send me um, a short biography and a photograph of themselves for my authors section. Um, by the way, those biographies can be updated. So if BSSH members have published before and they find that they want to, to alter that, they just need to let me know. And it, it's the work of a few seconds, she says, to yeah. work to alter the biography. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's quite easy for me to change that. So if, like I say, if people want theirs altered at any time, then that's quite simple to do. Fab. Um, so what's the process actually going to be for those members who want to submit an article to play and pass? How do they go about that? Right, okay. So there are two routes for BSSH members in particular to publish with Plain Pass, and that, I think, depends on your membership status, if, if you like. So for postgrads and ECRs, the, their first port of call will be with UKT. Yeah. Um, so if they can send you their proposed article and then um, as, as the ECR postgrad rep, and then you and I will liaise together with that. Um, and for all other BSS, uh, B, ooh, put my teeth in here, BSFH <laughs> members, it's a simple process. So they can either email me um, on contact at playingpasts.co.uk to discuss the proposed article or just send me an article directly to the same address. There is also a contact form on the website as well if people prefer to use that. So it couldn't be easier, really. Fab. Um, yeah, I think kind of having things go through me, <laughs> hopefully, I mean, what we'd love is that there's a, there's a whole influx of people who want to put stuff on playing past and hopefully <laughs> I'll help yeah. take a little bit of some of the, the strain away from you in terms of, um, yeah, kind of too much landing on, on your plate. Plus, and from my point of view, it's going to be fantastic to kind of find out what our members are up to and what they're, what they're reading. Um, in Absolutely, case I yeah. miss it on playing pass or whatever else. Um, so from my point of view, anything that I can do to promote the research that we're doing um, and that our members are doing is is fantastic. So if I get to read all those things as they come through, I know mm -hmm. um, how I might be able to help people or be able to point them in directions or um, yeah. just know what our members are up to. Which um, That's right. Yeah, and having them all together in, in one little place on a one one section of the playing pass website um that that's quite nice as well because they're they're all together and and, and other members will be able to see or the bssh members will be able to see immediately just the, the breadth of, of research that is going on yeah it's, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic i'm really know, excited I'm really about excited. exploration yeah yeah me too yeah <laughs> excellent um anything else that you'd like to say about playing pass or uh, I think that's that's about it, really. It, it sort of is what it is, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, I'm really, really pleased at, at how it's taken off um, and how people have embraced it. And, um, you know, I'm really excited about this collaboration with you. It, um, a, the If I'm allowed to sort of advertise another sports history society, but the Italian Sports History Society also have a, a similar agreement with me. Um, and they publish um, on playing pasts uh uniquely their english versions of, of their research and there's quite a lot of research going on going on there as well um and that that's they they have um benefited from from that as well 
which you know as, as well as playing pass has so it's exactly the same as as the bssh it, it's uh it's going to benefit us both i think yeah in a good way absolutely um so thanks ever so much for for joining us it's it's going to be really exciting collaboration and really beneficial i think for for all our all our members not just our postgrad and ecr members yeah exactly yes yes so like i say i'm sure that other members have got sacred cows yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah, they want definitely. to find a home for <laughs> fab so thanks very much uh, to margaret for joining us uh, today don't forget folks if you are a postgraduate or ecr member um if you just want to join me for a chat on the podcast about your research kind of promote what you're doing anything like that uh, just get in touch with me my contact details are all on the bssh website um until next time take care everyone bye